to Fit Body Happy Joints. I am your host, Shannon. Before we get into today's episode, I would so appreciate it if you left me a review on Apple Podcasts or followed if you're on Spotify or wherever you're listening. We, My goal of this podcast is to try to aggregate the information that I've learned over the years through my trainings, through physical therapy school, through the research that I've, um, you know, really aggregated and delved into and create content that hopefully feels really helpful and applicable and helps you understand your own body. So in that we do not take advertising. And so, uh, we grow by reviews. So if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, if you've already left a review, I want to thank you so much. I read them all and it really means a lot to me. So, all right, let's get into today's episode. I think that we can all agree or most people understand that exercise is important to stay healthy and fight the effects of aging. But there isn't a lot of talk about how exactly to do that in the most sustainable ways. Like most people are like exercise and eat well. Well, how you exercise can make a huge difference in how your body is affected, how your body adapts. And I try to use a lot of my podcasts to talk about just that educating you on how to give your body the proper stimulus to hopefully improve and grow and fight the effects of aging. And today we're going to talk about something really specifically when it comes to aging, and that's the propensity to for our bodies to increase in our insulin resistance as we age and why we should all care about that. One of the most common physiological effects of aging is our tendency to lose muscle. And this happens more rapidly as we approach 60, but can start happening as early as like 30 or sometimes earlier in some people. This loss of muscle can have other undesirable side effects like insulin resistance, which is what we're going to talk about today, but also can lead to things like osteoporosis and arthritis. So these things can spiral into what most people would consider quote unquote age-related health issues like diabetes risk for fractures and broken bones and decreased mobility. And some doctors even argue, a lot of doctors are starting to kind of unveil that insulin resistance is the cause of other metabolic issues like heart disease, infertility, and even dementia. So when we lose muscle, we have a reduction in what's called skeletal muscle reactive oxygen species or ROS. This reduction in ROS is a strong contributor to the development of insulin resistance. So whether you're 20 or 60 plus, this podcast applies to you and you should care about improving your insulin sensitivity and decreasing your insulin resistance. Because as I'll talk about in a moment, medical researchers are growing more and more concerned and noticing that there is an increasing number of our population who have insulin resistance on some level, even those who look like quote unquote lean and healthy. Most people, one one doctor that I'll uh, talk about here in a moment says that like 80% of the population has some level of insulin resistance. So let's talk a little bit more about insulin resistance and why we want to stay insulin sensitive and how adding muscle can help us stay insulin sensitive and fight the effects of aging and fight potentially all these metabolic issues that often are associated with aging like dementia. And then at the end of this podcast, we will briefly talk about my recommendations on how best to add muscle. So let's back way up 
and talk about insulin and what that is. So what happens is when you eat, the carbohydrates in your food are broken down by your digestive system to take out the nutrients from the food and fuel your body. Glucose is a molecule that is broken down from your food and travels via the bloodstream to different cells in your body to fuel them. So you eat, your body breaks down the food, and your blood sugar increases. This is the glucose that's traveling through your blood to travel to different cells to fuel those cells and make those cells power and go and do their function. This causes your blood sugar levels to rise. When your blood sugar rises, your pancreas responds by secreting insulin. Insulin is a hormone that signals to the muscle cells and other cells to bring in that blood sugar, that glucose to power your movement. If it's a muscle cell, bringing in that glucose into the muscle cell in order to move your body, in order to flex your muscles. Without insulin, your cells wouldn't be able to use that blood sugar to power processes like exercising. The problem is, is that when we have too much blood sugar and not enough cellular capacity to use that blood sugar, that's when the problems start to happen. This means there's more blood glucose and your body responds by secreting more insulin. So there's too much blood sugar that to more than your body needs. And so what happens is your, your pancreas secretes more and more insulin to try to push that glucose into the cells. And the more insulin you secrete, the less sensitive your receptors get to that insulin. And you start to develop insulin resistance. Insulin resistance is when your body has elevated levels of insulin, which puts you actually in fat storage mode. So the less sensitive your receptors, you secrete more insulin and circulating blood sugar. And then it just becomes a chronic spiral and the circulating blood sugar is often turned into fat, typically around your waistline. So insulin resistance is not good and insulin sensitivity is desirable. The more insulin sensitive you are, the easier it is to actually improve body composition. Body composition is the percentage in your body of, or or the ratio of fat and muscle. So, you know, having more muscle is what we want. So the more insulin sensitive you are, the better ability for you to improve that ratio between fat and muscle. And this is because cells like your muscle cells can more easily use the sugar that's in your blood to power your movements rather than just shuttling that same sugar to fat cells because there's an overdrive of blood sugar. And so the, that, that leftover glucose is moved into fat cells instead of moving into the muscle cell in order to power your movement. Because the interesting thing is, is that when there's insulin and glucose around the body doesn't use fat as fuel because glucose is easier to use as energy and using that blood sugar is the body's preferred energy source. So when there is this overdrive of insulin and your body is always producing insulin because that blood sugar level is high, your body doesn't burn fat. Your body uses the sugar that's in your blood to power you. So this is um, why one of the reasons it's so hard for people that are insulin resistant to lose weight. 
And Dr. Stephen Guntry, who is a cardiologist and medical researcher, suggests that, like I said earlier, 80% of quote unquote normal weight people in the US have some level of insulin resistance. So this is, again, something we should all be considering. I would love to get an expert on the podcast here soon who could talk more in detail about this. But he also suggests, uh, Dr. Stephen Gundry, that other quote-unquote age-related diseases like dementia, like I mentioned earlier, can be attributed to this metabolic dysfunction and this insulin resistance. So we want to improve our insulin sensitivity. And how can we do this? We can make ourselves more responsive to glucose and or decrease your blood glucose via nutrition. And I don't want to get too much into nutrition because I really try to stay in my lane and I like to leave that to the experts, but we can improve our cells ability to utilize glucose and thus improve our insulin sensitivity on some level through exercise and gaining muscle. So if insulin resistance it's kind of like chicken or egg. What comes first, the loss of muscle due to aging or the insulin resistance? I, I'm not sure which one comes first. I'm sure somebody has an answer on that. But what we care about is that these two things would go hand in hand as we get older. Our insulin resistance seems to climb and we also tend to lose muscle. So as we get older, if we can add more muscle, then that solves a lot of the issues related to joint health, such as osteoporosis and arthritis, but it can also improve our insulin sensitivity and help us potentially fight these other metabolic issues that are related to age like dementia. The reason gaining muscle and strength training can be so important for insulin sensitivity is because resistance training can essentially expand the storage capacity for blood sugar, which reduces the need to continually overproduce insulin. Because remember, if your cells are properly taking in the glucose in your blood, less insulin will be produced as blood sugar falls. And this can improve the cell's sensitivity to insulin. So by gaining muscle combined with nutrition changes, of course, we can improve our insulin sensitivity and potentially ward off those metabolic diseases associated with aging. And of course, a nice side effect is that being more insulin sensitive may improve your body composition if that's your goal, since it can improve cravings and improve your body's ability to use fat as fuel. Because remember, when insulin is always around because you're insulin resistant and your body continually is uh, producing insulin, your body isn't going to use fat as your fuel. It's going to continue to use that blood glucose. So this goes back to my suggestion for setting muscle hypertrophy or growing our muscles as the goal for most for most people. We want our muscles to grow in size for many reasons, and one of them is related to potentially decreasing our insulin resistance, improving our insulin sensitivity. And this may help us age with more grace. However, we want to make sure that we aren't gaining muscle at the cost of our joints. And that's like my whole thing, right? Is to take this information that we're you know, learning from these amazing cutting edge doctors and then apply it with my own little Shannon spin, given my background, given the research that I've done on biomechanics and muscle function so that we can use the information that we're getting from these smart doctors and apply it to our bodies in a way that's going to be sustainable and effective. So it's never too late to start. 
no matter how old you are listening to this podcast, it is never too late to start. But of course, starting as young as possible will set you up to age with the least amount of problems. So just want to say that, that this, because <laughs> a lot of people are, a lot of people in their twenties tend to brush off this information, which I think is a mistake. I think the earlier you can do this, the better. So send this, <laughs> those of you, uh, that are not in your twenties, go ahead and send this to your friends and, and siblings and, uh, and grandkids, whoever is in their twenties. Cause they all need to hear this. Okay. So how do we gain muscle? I, would highly recommend going back to my podcast about the five basics. I did that a couple of weeks ago. I'll go ahead and link that in the show notes so that you can easily access it. But I will summarize the five basics kind of quickly here in a different way. So hypertrophy or muscle growth is best accomplished when muscles are quote unquote isolated as much as possible. We hear a lot about functional movement and how we want our workouts to be functional and That is one way to exercise, but it may not be the best, most effective way for hypertrophy. Muscles grow the most effectively when they're quote unquote isolated as much as possible. And it's impossible to like truly isolate a muscle, but we want to target them as specifically as possible in order to have the greatest growth with the least amount of joint stress. So what that looks like is working different muscle groups on different days. So for example, you'll work, you know, like I'll just say what our schedule was for this week. So like Monday was glutes and quads and we alternated working between glutes and quads and we did really specific muscles to target the glutes, really specific, uh, I'm sorry, really specific exercises to target the glutes, really specific exercises to target the quads. And then Tuesday, we're not working our legs at all. We did our upper body day. So we worked chest. We worked, uh, I think triceps and back. And then Wednesday we worked trunk muscles. And then, so you're working different muscle groups each day and you're giving the muscle groups that you worked on the previous day a break because when they have that break, they can actually recover and get stronger. So that's how you can do that, right? Is, is target muscle groups and split up which muscle groups you're working on which days. And we want to work our muscles close to failure, but we don't have to get all the way to failure. So failure basically means that you're unable to complete the movement. We can leave a couple of reps in reserve. So you can get really close to failure, but not quite to failure. Like maybe you have like three or four reps left before you could like not even finish the movement. And this is actually safer for your joints um, because getting to failure can sometimes be risky, right? Because you're left in a position where you can't move the weight. Your body physically cannot move the weight, but you're holding in this position. So it can be risky unless you have someone to spot you. And research has shown that getting close to failure, but not going all the way to failure is shown to be just as effective for muscle hypertrophy. So we want to get close to failure. We want our muscles to, and we call it feeling cooked. We want them to feel pretty cooked after every set. Um, so, so that's another thing you want to do. So, so we are splitting our muscle groups. We're working, we're targeting different muscle groups on different days, using really specific exercises that target those muscles as, as, uh, thoroughly and completely as possible. We are getting close to failure in our our exercises in our sets. And then another thing we want to do is not overdo the cardio. And the reason for this is that too much cardio can overstress your system and make it so that you can't perform well in your resistance training session the next day. So let's say that, um, 
you're adding in a ton of cardio and let's say like Sunday night, you are going out for a really, really long run and you're really fatiguing, you know, your legs, but also your entire system. Like, have you ever done a workout and you just feel like you need to take a nap and the next day you almost feel like this heavy feeling in your limbs, your hands feel weaker. You feel maybe even cranky and sore and tight. That means you're not recovered across your entire body, not just your legs, not just the muscles that are working. So then if you were to go in, let's say you do legs on Monday after that long run on Sunday, and I'm just using running as an example, but after that long run on Sunday, you go to do your legs on Monday and you are so beat and tired that you're not really getting much out of your leg day because your, your body can't physically perform very well. So this means that you're getting less reward from your lifting sessions because you're overdoing it on the cardio. So we do want to make sure, you know, cardiovascular health is important and we can lace in cardio. And I've done two podcasts about cardio. I'll link those in the show notes, but overall we don't, we don't want to be overdoing the cardio so that we're, we're actually able to continue to show up to resistance training sessions with the intention of building muscle in safe ways. Okay. So if hypertrophy or muscle growth is your goal, we want to target muscles as specifically as possible, make sure that we're giving them days in between when we work them to rest. So splitting up your muscle groups uh, each week, we want to work our muscles close to failure, but maybe keep a couple of reps in reserve. And then we don't want to overdo it on the cardio and overstress our system because muscle activation decreases systemically when your system is too fatigued. So this can get in the way of your results. So just to summarize, we should all be working to improve our insulin sensitivity, which seems to have a high correlation with metabolic health and with aging with grace. The more insulin sensitive we are, it seems like the better we age, the better our health is, the better our longevity is. So alongside diet, we can use exercise as a tool to improve insulin sensitivity by increasing our muscle mass. So if you would like to do this in um, a way the ways that we've described really, and just have us hold your hand and support you along the way. We would love to have you in Evlo. We teach fitness classes Monday through Friday. We highly recommend you taking two recovery days where you just do walks. And um, we have different teachers now. We have different classes. You can go in there and what happens is you there's a schedule builder. So you click on the schedule builder and you answer some questions and that schedule builder creates a list of classes for you to take um, on during your week. And so all you have to do is show up for class and we, we program everything for you. So it completely takes the guesswork out of it. EvloFitness.com. There's a seven day free trial. So you can get in there for seven days and just try it out and see if it's a good fit. That's EvloFitness.com. I'll also put that in the show notes. And that is it for this week. Hope you all have had a wonderful new year and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye.